Welcome back to episode eight, eight maybe, of the Dylan Krasinski Show. I'm Dylan Krasinski. Thank you for joining me. If you've been here every week, thanks for coming back. Thanks for continuing the drudge. The trudge? Is it drudge or trudge when you're like going through mud? I imagine like an old military, like during the Middle Ages, just like trudging, trudging through a field or drudging through a field. Anyway, listening to this podcast, I just compared to trudging like a medieval army through a field, walking to their inevitable deaths. <laughs> so, great. Welcome back. If this is your first time listening, hey, thanks for giving it a shot. I hope you enjoy it. Um, got some fun stuff to talk about today. I am fully vaccinated, baby. Pfizer, two shots. Uh, my it was two weeks ago, two weeks this coming Monday. So the day this is out, I will be two weeks from my second shot. Um, no side effects, no side effects. I was a little nervous. People kept saying like, oh, get ready. Like, you know, uh, if, if you didn't have any effects with the first one and you had a little bit, like it's going to knock you out on the second one. Uh, no side effects, which was good. I did have actually, I had one, the only side effect I've had um, is that before my COVID vaccination, I didn't like tomatoes for my whole life. I hated tomatoes. I, I like can't t stand the taste. I actually, it's one of those things, like I give it a shot every, every couple of years. I try it again and I'm like, do I like it? And there's been times as an adult where, you know, a couple of years ago I tried a tomato and I was like, wait a second, do I like tomatoes now? And then that aftertaste 10 seconds in, I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you this, I've had, uh, since my COVID shot, I've had tomatoes two times. I don't think I hate tomatoes anymore. So is that a coincidence? Eh, I'm saying the only side effect of the Pfizer vaccine is that I used to hate tomatoes and now I don't. So I should call Pfizer and let them know to put that on the label. So that's, that's my story. I went from hating tomatoes, getting the vaccine, being able to stand tomatoes. <laughs> so that is that is really all that's going on with that. I had a little bit of a sore arm, nothing too bad. It was gone in a couple days. I thought I was going to be on my ass, but alas, I was not, which is good. That's good news. I just had to run some errands today. It's uh, the day this comes out. It will be Mother's Day was yesterday. Uh, in the present you're listening, in the past, however that is, today is Friday, so I was running some errands, um, I gotta say, you know, they have days for all these jobs, like, they have, like, National, uh, Nurses Appreciation Day, National Teachers Appreciation Day, National, uh, you know, Administrative Assistant Day, to support people whose jobs are sometimes underappreciated, under-recognized, but really could not, the world could not function without them, right? So we have these days to support these people. I am proposing a job that does not often get appreciated, but let me tell you, it is one of the most helpful 
and uh, underappreciated, undervalued jobs, I think, in our country. And that is the local florist, okay? I was just in there picking up some flowers for my mom, bragging, here comes Mother's Day, and every time I go in, I usually call, I usually call, but I decided today to go in and buy some flowers. All I think about is I have no idea what I'm doing in these florist shops, and I think about the thousands of, of men and women who go in there every day, a few times a year, and they're like, can you make me a bouquet of flowers for my significant other, for my wife, for my girlfriend, for my husband, whoever, and my grandmother. And they're like, well, what are they like? And you have to sit there and be like, nice things? I don't know. <laughs> I know, you know, I always go in there and I'm like, well, my mom does not like roses and she likes flowers that smell good. Which is really, in terms of giving a description to be helpful, is probably the least helpful that I could be. It's one step above being like, I think she likes flowers. That's really, <laughs> anything uh, Anything else uh, is really, you know, that's not helpful at all. I do know that. I know that she likes flowers, so that's the bottom rung I've surpassed. And then it's like, I think this. But let me tell you, I went into this florist shop today, a local florist. I'm not talking 1-800-Flowers. I'm talking a local florist. You go in, and that's why. You got to support small businesses. I walk in, and they're like, how can we help you? And they're excited. They're excited to help you because you know what? All these places like Amazon and 1-800-Florist, like, they're nice. 1-800-Flowers, they're, they're good. They're easy. They're quick, in and out. It's, they're very efficient. But if you have questions, you go in, they do it right for you. You just give them a price range, a budget. They hook it up. It was great. So I picked up those flowers, came home, and uh, they smell nice. I had them in the car. They smelled beautifully. Beautiful. They smelled beautiful. And um, I gave them to my mom. She, dugs, she digs them. She likes them. So that's positive. And uh, yeah, apparently I told her where I got them. She was like, oh, yeah, that's a very good place. It, it didn't look like a nice place on the outside, but it was very nice. I, I was skeptical because it was one of those places I drive by a lot. And I, you know, but it's apparently very nice. They did my cousin's wedding, I found out. So very nice. I forget the name. Otherwise, I'd give them a shout out right now. Um, but if, if you're listening to this and you want to know and you want to support this business, uh, you know, just shoot me a text. Shoot me a text. Shoot me a message. Shoot me a DM. Um, because, wow, they were great. Um, but, yeah, underappreciated. So I'm proposing a National Florists Appreciation Day to really just appreciate the amount of, of idiots that I'm sure they have to deal with on a daily basis who come in and they're just like, I think my wife likes roses. And they're like, are you sure? And they're like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure. But that's nice. You know, they appreciate that you are trying and then they'll help you out. They'll hook you up. So that's what I was doing today, running some errands, doing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much it. Hang on a second. taking a sip of my Starbucks coffee, large ice, a little bit of half and half and one Splenda, no sugar in a coffee. I usually go no sweetener, but I've gotten on a, uh, a Splenda kick, zero calories, you know, 
I'm sure it's chemicals and, you know, very cancer-causing material in there. But, you know, one a day and, you know, I just, that's how I do it. That's how I live. A little sweetness brightens everybody's day. Yeah, so. Um, I do want to talk about this. You know what I was thinking about recently? Is these weird kind of technological advances or advances in technology that we we kind of don't they're they're kind of like uh not really recognized for example like the fact that we are able to keep so many cell phone numbers stored in our cell phone now like it wasn't that long ago when you had to remember a cell phone number or you had to remember a telephone number i still remember like my my home number obviously and then like both of my childhood best friends phone numbers like I still have those memorized I can rattle them off and that's so like interesting so I have like I currently it's good and bad but like the fact that cell phones now can store an unlimited amount of phone numbers is crazy if you think about it and I thought about it in this sense there are phone numbers in here in my phone hundreds of phone numbers I have I talk to 25 people 25 of those phone numbers i i speak to on a yearly basis right and yet i have hundreds of phone numbers and and i'm not going to delete them that's what i realize is nobody deletes phone numbers does anybody like organize their their cell phones like phone number book their contact list the way that we organize like our email i don't do that either i have like twenty thousand. 25,000 unread emails on my Gmail. Uh, I know that aggravates a lot of people, but that's how I live. Life is short. I don't have time to go organizing my uh, email spreadsheet list, okay? I don't want to go in and just start deleting emails from Guitar Center and Walmart. I don't care about your specials, okay? I'm not even going to open it or look at it. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not going to delete it. I'm not going to interact with it. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but yeah, that is something that I was thinking about. The fact that I have phone numbers in there from like like people that I've just met and never even interacted with ever. Like people I met like out one night, like not even girls numbers. Like I have phone numbers in my phone from like guys that I like met out at a bar and we like got drunk in the same vicinity and then eventually became best friends and exchanged numbers because we were going to start a business together. And then you realize it's like, oh yeah, we're going to take these lawn mowers and we're going to sell them to people. And then those people will go and mow lawns and then we will get a cut of the fact that they're doing that job. And then you wake up and you're like, that's just a landscaping business. I agreed to start a landscaping business with this random guy, Todd from Boston. And then you never text that guy. Uh, but like that number's still in my phone somewhere just in there. Like I'm not going to delete it. And that's the thing. It's like, I could delete it, but again, it's that, it's that feeling of life short. I'm not going to delete phone numbers. Like, why do I need to do that? I mean, <laughs> speaking of the, that's the other thing too. Like the amount of phone numbers in my phone, women's names with the last name of Tinder and hinge in my phone is out of control. I might have 300 phone numbers in my phone that all have the last name Hinge, Tinder, or Coffee Meets Bagel. I'm not proud of it. I don't know why I just don't delete all those numbers. I mean, this is, people haven't, I, I texted one time eight years ago, and that number will just be forever in my phone. 
I think after this episode, the fact that I'm thinking about it and talking about it now, it really makes me want to go through my phone and just delete all those phone numbers and organize my, my like cell phone contact list. That's like very, that's like extreme OCD of me. But if I went through, I'll let you guys know next episode, but it's really making me think about going through and just deleting all these phone numbers. Like if I haven't talked to a person in, <laughs> I'll even be gent like, I'll even be very generous. If I haven't talked to you in over five years, if we haven't spoken in five years, guess what? I'm going to delete your number. But if we talk every four years and, you know, six months, four years and 11 months and 29 days, well, I'll keep your number. You're still in here. Um, but that is just something I was thinking about. What a crazy, what a crazy thing. There are other things in technology that are like that that we just kind of don't like that was such a, a, a like if you think about it that advancement was life-changing where you don't have to remember or write down phone numbers anymore like that was a real thing like if you got right if you got like arrested in the past or if like you wanted to like contact someone you had to like call an operator right and then like find their number now your phone number is just all saved. I sound like an 80 year old man being like the advances in technology are crazy. Um, but that's just something that nobody, it was something I thought about and I've never thought about it before or talked about it with anybody. The fact that we just have all these phone numbers and I do nothing with them. Like it's interesting. At, at the very least, it's interesting to me. Um, yeah. So COVID wrapping up, are you guys, are you guys dating? Who's, uh, so I'm assuming that people who are listening, most people are probably in relationships, but for my single people out there, are you guys dating? Are you guys, you know, what are you doing during COVID dating? I've been doing some dating during COVID. Um, it changed, it changed the game. Like as the, when it first started, like dating was totally put on pause as a single person dating during COVID was for the first like eight months was non-existent. And then people started doing like these, right. These FaceTime dates. I was very skeptical at the beginning. Let me tell you that I was very skeptical of a FaceTime date, but hot take. I am on board. I am so on board with FaceTime dates that I am hoping that they stay around after COVID is over. Let me tell you why. It might seem weird, but do you know how many FaceTime dates I've gone on where I would have, like, within the first two minutes of meeting someone, you know whether you vibe with them or not, right? Right? So in this time where you're potentially exposing yourself to COVID, now you're vaccinated, so, you know, whatever. But in this time where you're potentially exposing yourself to COVID, for someone who you might have nothing in common with, you send a couple texts back and all of a sudden you meet in person. You're like, oh, we don't vibe. Even better, you have a quick FaceTime and you're like, oh, two minutes in, this person's fine to talk to. But man, I would be pissed if I went and met up with this person for a drink. I mean, what a nightmare. We have nothing in common. Like, I mean, what is that? So I've, I have uh, been on a number of FaceTime dates. It is a little weird. It feels like... You know, you're setting up like an interview with a company um, and you're like, so what's uh, just talking over Skype or Zoom or FaceTime? And you're like, so what are your interests? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? 
Do you uh, have any pets? What is your favorite condiment to put on a pretzel? Uh, it's just <laughs> through FaceTime, but I have said, I will say, I've had some successful FaceTimes that have led to in-person dates. But that's a nice thing. Cause like a date now, especially what you got to get dressed, you got to put pants on, you got to go out, you got to take either an Uber or walk or the train, you got to meet up with someone, you got to get drinks, you got to sit there. It's like a full night commitment. If you're FaceTiming, oh, you just, you rattle off a couple FaceTimes, you throw, you know, one, two, three, you do a, a 20 minute FaceTime, 30 minute FaceTime, chat with someone, see if you vibe with them. If you do, you keep chatting, you keep chatting, you schedule that in-person date. If not... Then they just stay in your phone forever for the next 10 years as, uh, you know, Caroline Hinge or, uh, <laughs> or Allison Hinge. And eventually when you organize that phone, you delete their number. Uh, but until then, they'll just be in there forever. I will say it is weird. I did talk to someone who I thought I was kind of getting along with and I asked them, uh, if they were interested in like getting a drink or how they felt about dating during COVID. That's the other thing too. You got to kind of, you got to test the waters with people. Cause some people are like very down to just like meet up, which I am. But now that FaceTimes are a thing, I like to use that as like the, the first barrier of like, let's do a FaceTime. See if we, see if we vibe. I'm not afraid to meet up with you because of COVID. It's more out of like a laziness thing. Like I don't want to waste an entire night for someone that i can't hold a conversation with like and that's the thing when I go on dates I know they're going to be fun because mm, I'm fun so even if it's a terrible connection I'll still like make it fun we'll you know have a good time but like just nothing will come of it but it's good to know if you vibe with someone before you waste that whole night so I did have someone who I asked I was like oh would you be down to like either do a FaceTime or like meet up and have a drink sometime and usually someone will say, like, when you say that, they'll be like, oh, yeah, let's do a FaceTime or, oh, yeah, like, I'm down to just meet up if you want. And this person was like, well, um, I don't really like doing FaceTimes. Fine. She's like, I don't like doing FaceTimes. Um, they're just a little, a little weird to a little weird, a little weird. <laughs> they're a little weird to me. And I was like, OK, that's that's fine. And then she was like, but I'm also very I'm like nervous to meet in person. And I was like, okay, totally understand because of COVID. She's like, I'm nervous to meet in person because like of COVID. If she left it at that, I totally understand. I'm totally like fine. I get it. You know, if you're nervous about getting COVID or whatever, but then she sends another message. She goes, I am fully vaccinated, but I'm still worried. So like, I don't know, like maybe if you want to meet up and we could wear two masks and walk around the park together, like that could be a, a good date. And I was like, you're fully vaccinated, you're fully vaxxed, and you still want to wear two masks and meet up and walk around a park? I was like, I mean, what do you, what do you think you're doing? I guess if that's your thing, fine. Um, we're just not going to get along. Like I'm not, you know, I'm vaccinated. I'm not some like anti-vaxxer, anti-masker. If you want, if you want to do it, it makes you comfortable. Fucking do it. I don't give a shit. But at some point, if you're fully vaccinated and still double masking, I mean, what are you doing? Like you either, if, if you don't believe the vaccination works, why did you get it? And if you do believe it works, then why are you wearing the double masking? Like, are we playing pretend? Like, what is this? But you can't say that because then you're, you know, ostracized. But if you, if you just question, you know, 
if you question it, you're thrown to the wolves. But it's a weird thing. So I was like, um, you know, that's that's cool. And uh, actually, I don't think I responded. <laughs> I think I was just like, I mean, this we're not going to get along. We're, we're, we have nothing in common. I mean, the fact that it's, you could walk outside and get hit by a bus. Yeah, you know, like you could die from a cold. You can die from like cutting your hand and then getting like an infection and then like sepsis and die that way. Like the fact that you're vaccinated, you, you've, you're young, you're young, not high risk, fully vaxxed, and you're still nervous to go outside. I mean, I think you might have a mental problem at this point. I think, and I'm not, I'm not even... Like, I think the fact that we've all been locked inside and told that the air is essentially poison for a year is going to fucking mess with some of our minds. So I don't like, you know, not making fun, but like she might have a serious like it might have triggered some anxiety and like panic of like going outside and taking your mask off. I will say this. I've seen people like walking uh, just with their masks on, like by themselves outside. And I do think that it's become like a comfort thing. I think, like, people are comfortable now, like, covering their faces. Comparatively, like, when you put, like, a, uh, like, sunglasses on, it hides you. It, like, protects you kind of from the world. And I think that people are kind of, like, kind of, like, treating masks that way. So, um, who knows? Who knows what will happen? But that's about 10 minutes uh, of the podcast that will definitely uh, get me canceled. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Not really. But I'm just expressing my opinion that it's it's weird. We got to question things. We got to You got to question like, hey, what does this make sense? Well, why are we doing this? Um, if they came out and said, hey, it, it's also the opposite of what the CDC said. Like, hey, if you're vaxxed, y- you can be outside without a mask on. And this girl's like, well, I think I know better than the CDC. OK, you know, more power to you. Keep keep pounding away on on hinge and maybe you'll meet some other weirdo who wants to fucking wear two masks also who's fully vaccinated and you know have a water in the park with you good luck um but yeah i have noticed that that is there are some low-key red flags with dating that i've i've been picking up and keeping track of and that's one of them if you're talking to someone for a while and you seem to vibe and they don't want to like do a facetime and they don't want to like really meet up it's like well what are you doing? If you want the dopamine rush of getting a connection, just post on Instagram, okay? If you're not trying to meet people, like, get off the apps. Just stay off. Um, I did I did date this one girl once for a bit, um, or went out with her. And this is maybe, like, the most low-key red flag that I've ever, like, noticed. This girl organized her, uh, <laughs> this girl organized the apps in her phone, uh, not by category not by what they do but by color she told me that on a first date and i was like that is pure chaos she was so proud of it she was like it took me a long time and i looked at her phone i will say it did look cool it looked cool because you have like these blocks and it's like that block is all pink that block is all green that block is all blue absolute chaos she's got td bank next to Spotify? What are you doing? What are you doing there? I mean, how do you, how do you even live your life when you have TikTok and Uber in the same category? I mean, I don't, I just don't understand that. I remember when she told me about that, I was like, Hey, more power to you. How do you live your life this way? What is going on in your brain? I mean, Facebook and Twitter, both blue. 
having them next together, having them next to each other and together in the same category, it makes sense, a social media category. But then you come in and you, you're separating, you're separating Uber and Lyft. Uber and Lyft should be next to each other. So you got to come, you got to literally leave. If you're, if you're looking at Uber, you have to leave the black category and then go over to the pink category to use Lyft. What are you doing? I mean, it would, it broke my brain. It broke my brain when she said that. And, uh, I still think about it. This is like two years ago and I still, I still think about that occasionally. That is a low key red flag of man, a relationship with this person would be absolute, absolute organizational chaos. It's either going to be very, it'll probably be extremely organized, but like, it doesn't make sense. It would be like, I wonder if she organizes like her household products that way, like foods by color, like you got the cereal next to the baking soda because they're the same color box and you got toothpaste next to the mustard because it's the same color blue cheese blue blue cheese next to a blue crest tube i mean that's too much for me to handle i can't do it and it's it's uh you know what it's hurting my brain it's hurting my brain so much i can't even think of bits to build off of it um yeah so but yeah that was a low-key red flag have you ever have you ever gone out with someone who's still living with their ex? That's another low key red flag. And I get it if it's like you guys just broke up and you have an apartment together and you're trying to, you know, find a new apartment, but I feel like, you know, you hear stories about people who have like gone. I remember hearing one time a friend of mine went on a date with someone and they were still like living with their ex and it had been like they like renewed a lease together. It's like what kind of life are you living? You know, break up, move on, get on with your life. It's like they're still, they still have a joint checking account, but they're broken up. Like, why didn't just, just be together at that point in an open relationship? I mean, at the very least, I mean, if you, you both want to date people, but like move on with your lives, get out of there, escape. Another thing, very bad for their, for your mental health. Keep coming home. And I, I, they did not live in the same room. It was like a two-bedroom apartment, and they each lived in one bedroom. But, like, what an insane thing. I would hate that. Like, people bringing people over, and, like, you got to communicate about, like, the utilities and, like, share the TV and, like, people eating each other's food. And it's, like, there's always that going to be that – there's always going to be that second level, that that other level um, kind of floating around there of, like, hostility, Right? from the breakup and maybe you guys move on, you get over it. But like, I don't know. Every person I've dated, I don't think the quality that was the most like attractive about them was the fact that they would make a good roommate. I feel like most of the people I've dated, like good roommate in terms of their qualities is like low on their, you know, list of, of why we make a good pair. Um, so yeah, if we, if you break up, you lose that thing that you have in common. It's like, what are you doing? Get out of here. Um, all right. Last thing I want to talk about, and then we'll wrap this up. I was in the city. I was in the city a couple, couple weeks ago. And, uh, let me tell you this. I, if anybody knows me, if you know me, you know that I have a lifelong feud with taxi companies, taxi drivers and taxi companies. I went 
I lived in Boston before Uber was a thing. And let me tell you, taxi companies, you guys know this, but they are the absolute worst. I, no one was happier when all of these taxi drivers started just losing their jobs because Uber was a thing. That sounds cruel. That sounds mean. But these taxi companies are, I would say, 75%, 75% of them, that might sound high, but I think it's low. 75% of taxi drivers, pieces of shit. In Boston, I might say 90%. 90% of taxi, taxi drivers, pieces of shit. They pick you up. They will demand, in Boston especially, they'll demand to know where you're going. If it's not a good enough ride for them, they say, get out, I'm not taking you, which is illegal. Like, they're not allowed to do that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. And they'll say cash, card. A lot of the times in Boston, they would do this thing where they'll take you to your destination. You go to pay with a card and they go, oh, it's broken. So you're like, well, dude, I don't have any cash. They will drive you to an ATM and force you to take cash out to pay them in cash. Absolute bullshit. So that was happening for like three years, four years when I was in Boston before Uber became a thing. When Uber, I had one guy, I had one taxi driver, literally he got lost. And I was like, I think you have to go this way. Dude dropped me off on the, on like the on-ramp of the highway. He's getting on the highway. I was like, this is not the way he, and he was like, get out of my car. It was raining. I remember getting, he was like, I was like, dude, I'm not getting, I'm not getting out of the car. We're on, we're in a highway. I'm not getting out of the car. So he was like, I'm going to call the police. I was like, good, please call the police. I was like, <laughs> I remember this guy was so like mad because he was lost. And I was like, dude, I'm not, this is, we're about to get on the highway. I'm not getting out of the car and then walking on this highway right now. So I remember he like kept getting out of the car. He would unlock the door and he was trying to like walk around and like unlock my car door and like force me to get out of the car. So he would unlock it, walk around and I kept locking it. <laughs> and then he would be like, motherfucker. And he would walk around and he would unlock and then walk around and I'd lock it again. And he'd be like, you piece of shit. And I was like, I'm not getting out. I'm not getting out. And he's like, I'm calling the police. So he literally gets on the phone and he's like, hello, police. And I was like, uh, this is bullshit. And he's like, police, I need help. And I was like, okay. And then, so I'm like, I'll just wait here. I'll wait for the cops to come. And he finally gets back in the car. He goes, I got to tell you. I was like, what? And he was like, I didn't call the police. <laughs> He's like, that was my wife. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, no shit. No shit. You can't, like, you're going to kick me out of your car? Like, dude. He eventually just, like, backed down the uh, the on-ramp, and then I got out there. I got out, like, close to a T-stop, and I think called, like, another cab or just walked. Oh, I remember. I walked to my buddy's apartment because we dropped him off first, and then, then we were going to drop me off. So I just walked to my buddy's apartment and slept there. Um, but yeah, dude, I was in the city and I thought maybe like after a couple of years of Uber, cause now you have competition. It keeps them in check, right? You need someone to keep you in check. Competition creates the best form of whatever. That's why monopolies are so bad because they become a monopoly. They're so great. And then all of a sudden they just like their customer service goes out the window. Like, can you think about like how bad airlines are now? how bad the customer service is and like delays and cancellations are with airlines. Imagine there was only one airline, how much worse that would be. That's what taxis were for the longest time. And they could just be pieces of shit. 
and they could be like assholes to you, curse at you, yell at you. I have countless stories of myself and other people just being like literally like verbally harassed by taxi drivers. And then I, I mean, maybe I antagonized, like I used to like, I used to demand exact change. <laughs> some point like yes i get it i'm an asshole for that reason but like if it was like if the if the taxi was uh if it was like a nine dollar and 52 cents i would i would give a 10 and i would demand the change <laughs> listen i'm not proud of it but i kind of am so uh i yeah i thought that having all this competition for years would make taxis better but let me tell you dude i i, I was in the city a couple weeks ago and i got in I was like, oh, I'm just going a short, quick distance. I got out of the subway, and it was too far to walk. And I was like, I'll just take a quick uh, taxi. There's three. They're lined up right there when you walk out of the subway. So I was like, I get in the first one, and he's like, where are you going? I tell him. He's like, okay, perfect. And then he's putting it in, and he goes, oh, by the way, my my uh, machine's broken, only cash. And I was like, well, I don't have cash. And he's like, oh, well, like you could Venmo me. I was like, I'm not doing that. So I go to the literally the next one behind him. I get in. And uh, I tell him, he's like, okay. And he goes, oh, my thing's broken, only cash. And I was like, dude, what's going on? So I get in the third one, he types it in, and then we're literally about to, we start pulling away. And he goes, oh, by the way, my machine's broken, so you can only pick cash. Dude, I was furious. I was fur I was like, what are you guys doing? Do you guys want business? Do you guys want to stay in business? Like Uber's already putting you out of business. How, how can you afford to just turn away fares like that? Demanding cash. Like, all three of your machines are broken. I know you're lying. I know you're lying to me. Like, how, how is that possible? How is that even possible that your machine, all three of them are broken? It should be in the shop. You shouldn't be sitting here waiting for fares. It should be in the shop. Okay. I was furious. I called an Uber. I called an Uber and they're like, oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll take you. As soon as I got out and I said, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to call an Uber. They were like, oh, you know what? My machine's working again. Or like, oh, you can Venmo me. I was like, dude, get out of my face. I'll never take a taxi again unless I'm in a situation where my phone is dead and I'm not able to get a ride any other way. I will, I will not take a taxi like they are. I cannot wait until every last taxi company is out of business. New York's not helping. New York's not helping. Like they keep putting all these taxes on Uber. So like to almost like force people to take taxis because it's cheaper almost than an Uber in New York city. They're doing a disservice to the the rideshare companies because they're allowing taxi drivers, especially in New York City, to keep acting like assholes because they know that more people are, I think out of all the cities, because the taxes are so high for Uber and other rideshares, people are taking taxis more so in New York because it is almost equivalent, if not cheaper, and sometimes even easier because there's so many of them. But... Yeah. So moral of the story is I cannot wait until every cab driver and every cab driver company is out of business. Although then you run the risk of Uber just becoming the new monopoly, but hopefully that doesn't happen. And, uh, yeah. So what are we at? 35 minutes. Oh baby. That was a hot one. I think started a little slow, but here we are. I, you know, was it bad? Who knows? Are you guys going to keep listening? I hope so. So that is the show. Um, if you guys want, I put these, uh, these are out every Monday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I put the clips out on my Instagram at Dylan Krasinski, D-Y-L-A-N, uh, TikTok at Dylan Krasinski, Instagram at Dylan Krasinski, YouTube, 
at Dylan Krasinski. So uh, that is our show. Thank you again for joining me. If that is your first time, well, I hope I made you a fan. If that is your eighth time or any other time than your first time, thank you for coming back. I very much appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Good night. Good night.